Welcome to the number one show and the source of truth for all things medtech. Here, we reveal the secrets and stories behind the investments, science, and commercialization of the medtech industry. Every week, we'll take you on a wild ride with the biggest names in the game, from entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking up the market, to healthcare providers who are revolutionizing the way we think and practice medicine. So hold on tight and get ready for a journey like no other. This is the State of MedTech. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. And this episode is so unique. This might be the only time you'll ever hear a podcast like this recorded. I really mean that. That's not hyperbole. And so what is this episode about? This episode is about me interviewing a physician who I cold called and did cold outreach with using LinkedIn and for him to explain his process of what went through his mind, why he took the meeting, why he accepted the technology, what I did right and what I did wrong. You'll never hear that again. And so what is the context? So the context is uh, many years ago, I worked at Petrero Medical, was a predictive health company with a critical care monitoring system. Essentially, it was capital equipment, but also involved with it was the development of predictive algorithms. Now, using LinkedIn, I was able to profile and find this physician named Dr. Ashish Khanna, who from my assessment on LinkedIn and also his publications, I identified psychologically that he was an innovator. He fit the he fit, fit the pers, uh, the the specs for the kind of physician who would understand the technology, um, proliferate its adoption, and in general that our 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 visions would be aligned. Okay, and the result of that engagement a few years later was that he was the principal investigator for a study for Petrero on the predictive algorithms, and that gave way to the FDA giving Petrero breakthrough designation. Breakthrough designation is a process where it's essentially designed to accelerate and expedite the development and review of uh, medical technology and drugs that are intended to treat a very serious condition. Um, and so because of that, Petrero was able to receive FDA breakthrough device designation for Acurin acute kidney injury predict algorithm a huge win for the company. And so in this interview, I want you to pay very close attention to how Dr. Khanna explains the way that I reached out, why he did certain things, how did he respond? Because in this interview, if you take it to heart and take action on it, you'll be able to be a lot more successful, not only in your outreach with physicians, but have much more fruitful conversations. And if you do a good enough job, if you really focus on the art and science of selling, and more importantly, developing partnerships based on science, you'll have an extremely fruitful career in medical device sales. So I'm so excited to release this. Uh, a big thank you to Dr. Ashish Khanna, who agreed to do this. And now, let me give you a little bit of background on Dr. Ashish Khanna. Dr. Ashish Khanna is the Associate Professor and Vice Chair for Research and the Director of Perioperative Outcomes and Informatics Collaborative, or POIC Department, uh, Department of Anesthesiology, Section on Critical Care Medicine at Wake Forest School of Medicine. And so with that being said, please be sure to check the show notes below. I'm going to leave Dr. Khanna's uh, LinkedIn profile and his Twitter handle, so be sure to give him a follow. He puts out a lot of great content. So with that, 
Here is our episode with Dr. Ashish Khanna. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. And let me tell you, this, is, this has been one in the making. I've been waiting at, at probably three or four years to finally have this conversation, and it's going to happen because we're going to show you some really amazing things about how technology adoption happens, um, how it, what it takes, and how do you find truly innovative uh, physicians who will adopt a technology at the right time. And I'm going to reveal things to my guests that I have never told them before. And so with that being said, I want to introduce my guest. My guest today is Dr. Ashish Khanna. Dr. Ashish Khanna is the Associate Professor and Vice Chair for Research and the Director of Perioperative Outcomes and Informatics Collaborative, POIC, for the Department of Anesthesiology, the Section on Critical Care Medicine at the Wake Forest University School of Medicine. And before we get started, I just want to remind our listeners, if you are a physician or a clinician or a nurse and you're listening to this, guess what? You can get a CME credit from this. That's right. Thanks to our partners over at CMFI. Once you listen to this uh, lecture, whether it's on the podcast or on YouTube, click the link below. Take 30 seconds and just write a couple of sentences. What did you learn? And click submit. And like magic, you get an AMA PRA Category 1 CME credit. And if that wasn't good enough, the state of MedTech has also decided to pay for every single one of these. That's right. You're going to get a free CME credit from us because, well, I run this thing, so I get to decide that we do that. So you get a free CME credit. So that was, with that being said, Dr. Khanna, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you, Omar. I'm as excited about this as you are, and, and we're going to talk about uh, three years ago and, and now, and, and uh, I tell you, it's, it's definitely been one in the making. Super excited. Oh, Absolutely. To be here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. And so just for uh, just to kind of um, give the punchline, uh, Petrero Medical, which is a predictive health company that is helping physicians predict and prevent things like acute kidney injury before even happening, was working on algorithms, right? And this year, they received what is like the holy grail of MedTech, which is FDA breakthrough designation. For our listeners listening who are new to this, when you get an FDA breakthrough designation, the FDA is pretty much saying that your device or technology is so vital to patient care that, and, and patient lives that they will fast track it so that it can get to the hands of physicians. Huge. And in that breakthrough, there were three universities that were mentioned. One of them, uh, one was Emory University, the other one was Cleveland Clinic. And then the main one is Wake Forest University because Dr. Khanna was the one who, who was the main uh, principal investigator. And we're going to talk about how that happened. And specifically, I'm going to share for the first time, including with Dr. Khanna, how did I find him and how and what did I do to get to, to, to sort of help orchestrate some of this to happen or at least set it into motion, you know? So, Dr. Khanna, maybe a, first, a, a good place to start was when... When you when you decided to to adopt the technology, why did you do it? What about the technology, the company? Like, what what were the things that that factored in? If you can kind of go back and share that. Um, well, Omar, uh, if this is all about being totally candid, I am going to be totally candid, right? Be be very um, ca be very <laughs> candid, even if it surprises me, good or bad, okay. I want to hear it. All right, so here we go. So I, I know that you were uh, the one who had initially contacted me on on LinkedIn, right? I'd, I'd heard about Potrero and 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 sort of you know the the social media um, feeds that were coming across my LinkedIn and my Twitter. I'd seen 
the I'd seen the device and and you know it had peripherally caught my eye. You know, in my world, there's devices that come and go every day. There's all kinds of monitoring. I work as an ICU physician and an anesthesiologist, so we live in the world of complex monitoring. Um, a passion of mine is understanding how blood pressure and blood flow affect organ systems, right? And anything that peripherally intersects with the concept of flow perfusion obviously catches my eye. So, you know, looked at my social media feed mm -hmm. and I was like, well, you know, this looks interesting. Then this guy, Omar Khatib, you know, reaches out to me and, you know, connects with me on LinkedIn, says, you know, I, I want to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. And um, initially, uh, I, I, we very, you know, I'm being candid. I was like, well, Please. you know, looks like uh, someone's here to sell the device. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was my first reaction to him. I was like, oh, listen, I am, I am vice chair for research. My work is research and developing evidence. Um, if you're just looking to place your device in the institution, then I'm, probably not the right guy for you. And that was truly my first interaction with him. But, but you know, credit to Omar, he, he persevered and he persevered in a very professional manner. And he said, just, let, let's just talk. And can I just have, I think it was like 15 and can minutes I, of your can time. Can I share the exact so, message so I he, sent you? So now, now this is the part where it's like, I'm gonna share how the sausage was made. So, <laughs> so uh, I wanna reveal exactly what happened. So one is uh, for, for people who know me, um, everybody knows that I'm a, I'm a big student of technology adoption. And so there's psychology that goes into play when it comes to not just early adopters, but an innovator. An innovator means it's a pioneer who you can tell them what the future looks like and they can close their eyes and say, yeah, I see it, right? And so I had, you know, looked around on LinkedIn and I came across you somehow. And when I looked, when I went to your profile, there was two things that I did that made me say, this is our guy. One is I looked at your LinkedIn profile in terms of what you posted in, you know, in the past. And there are certain things that you posted that indicated that you were very much about, uh, you know, new technology. I think he had, he had posted something, something about algorithms. And I was like, okay, that's a very good sign. Then I went and read the things you had actually written, just random posts, comments you made. And I also went and read the last five, you know, three or four publications you made. Between those two things, I came to the conclusion. I said, I'm positive this is the right person. And so then what I did was I didn't send you a message originally about it. I think, uh, here we go. On September, September 11th, 2019, I sent you a message about uh, this, this webinar that I hosted with uh, uh, Dr. Um, uh, Dr. Hung out of University of Michigan, who's a who's in critical care nephrology, right? Then I followed up in March 22, uh, 2022, uh, March March 22nd, 2020. Okay, so this is a few months later, where this is, we're in the middle of COVID, and I this is like an automated message. You had I think registered to watch the um, we had a COVID 19 uh, critical care doctor from Wuhan on our show, so I I made that that was wild, and then. Um, I, I, in September 1st, 2020, right? So this is one year later. And the reason why this happened one year later is because during the time when I first engaged you, we were in partnership with another company. So we, you know, there are some limitations on what we can do commercially, but in 2020, we, we were free and we, that was the time where it's like, okay, now it's time to like really get traction, 
and 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 drive the adoption of the product. I sent you one message. I said, "Hi, Dr. Khanna, I really enjoy your posts. I would love to do a short Zoom with you to learn about your department and interests. Based on your posts, I think you're really I think you'd really be interested in the technology my company has and the algorithms we are looking working on for acute kidney injury and abdominal compartment syndrome. What day this week are you free for a short Zoom? I can email you an invite." And your response is, "Hey, Omar, <laughs> next next week monday wednesday or friday are better days for me so i want you to take it from there but one because we have a lot of ceos and uh, salespeople listening one little tactic i want to share is aside from reading your posts and learning the language that you personally are interested in like algorithms was a big one so i said i got to make sure to mention algorithms i did not say would you like to have a zoom call yes or no because the answer would have been just no I just went straight for it. And I said, what day of the week are you free? You can't answer no to that. You just have to say, oh, it's this day. So that's a little a little sales tactic. It worked, but I, I had I had spent time to thoughtfully engage with you. So that being said, please, now you, you, share, you share candidly like what went through your mind and, and how did the whole, whole, whole relationship you know, unfold? <laughs> wow, this is crazy. When, that, when that, have you, you ever know, been told actually, this? I... You've never been told this in your life, right? <laughs> And I, and I hope that, you know, others will not suffer because you've shared this trade secret with me because now someone says, when are you free for a Zoom? I might turn around and be like, okay, let's just you know, backpedal the, here. I never the best, said. The best part, Dr. Khanna, is that <laughs> I've been talking about this stuff for seven, eight years. 1% of the people actually remember the things I say and like 1% of the 1% actually even do it, unfortunately. But that's the way the world works. Pareto's principle is, is alive and well, you know? So... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, and and Omar, let me let me just you know because we're we're talking about this, let me just compliment you because the, the fact is that some people go through this. Oh, I I want to meet you. I want to do this. I want to do that. And and you know, especially when you're connecting me on with me on LinkedIn, I I usually you know after a while I'm like you know, a let's switch over mm -hmm. to my email because I you know I can't keep going on on LinkedIn, and I and I actually appreciated the fact internally that you had a Zoom meeting ready for me, right? Rather than saying, oh, you know, hello, this is me. Um, <laughs> uh, nice to see you. Well, great, but you had a Zoom meeting ready for me, plus the fact that you clarified right away that there, there is no upfront sales pitch here, that you are meeting me for what you have seen of me and that you want to discuss evidence and exactly. science and 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 for our that. listeners and and viewers um um you know guys i i will tell you that that our first meeting i was um i was pretty much blown away um i immediately said well where were these people all this while because i i i keep saying that hypotension matters but my hypotension equation is incomplete and and that you know this product makes total sense to complete my equation and that we will be the perfect site to do work with them and that led to a lot of Man. Uh, you know sort sort of development of evidence I, that I love we'll this. talk and, about and again yeah. like the whole my whole mission of of what I do is I want to make this industry the industry of medicine and technology better because these these kind of conversations can happen and you know there's nothing wrong with being a salesperson but there's a way to do it, which is, you know, again, for me, having spent time in medical school, my father's a surgeon, I spent a lot of time appreciating the culture of medicine. 
the culture of medicine is based on these conversations of science, technology, and clinical evidence. That's where you have to start. And so before I even went for an ask, you know, and I would say like, even though uh, about nine, nine to 12 months uh, elapsed, in reality, like if I really decided I wanted to read out, reach out to Dr. Khanna sometime in the spring of 2020, and then we had our meeting uh, in August and September, right? But before I even asked anything, I went, I went and spent time reading his faculty profile. I read, I, re I remember I, I, printed, I printed out your publications. Um, I highlighted, I read them. You know, I, I think I went back like 10 years even because I was like, okay, how did this guy even start his career? What is he interested in? That's when I learned. Um, and, and again, I didn't know this at the time, but when you study enough, you're able to pick this up. That Dr. Kano came out of the Cleveland Clinic. The Cleveland Clinic is a powerhouse when it comes to publishing and research. When I look at scientists, I look at it just the same way as when somebody watches like the NFL or NBA and like drafts happen. So then I said, I was like, I bet you Wake, because Wake Forest, no offense to Wake Forest, at the time wasn't known as like a powerhouse for research. And I was like, I bet you they recruited this guy at a Cleveland clinic and now he's the head of this department there to do the same thing. And lo and behold, that's essentially what he was recruited for. And that's what he did. We're going to have a, we're going to do a webinar about that in the, in the near future. But I learned all these things so that even if nothing happened from that meeting, it was an enjoyable experience for Dr. Khanna. Am I am I wrong about anything I just said? Am I off on anything? No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right, Omar. And and clearly, you did your homework, and you did your homework well. And and like with any other first meeting, if the other person comes across as someone who's done as his or her homework, then then it helps, right? Because otherwise, you spend a thirty-minute meeting, like twenty-five minutes out of thirty minutes, just trying to provide appropriate background, and then you're left with exactly. five minutes. Exactly. You know kind of move forward with us when we met the first time you really hit the ground running so i i really felt that you know these guys and they, they and, know what they're talking about and i think that makes a huge difference in, in medicine because we like like i said again no offense to to, to device companies as, as you well know there is a device company everywhere mm -hmm. these days right so but we want to focus we want to also focus on on the winners, uh, even amongst the startups, right? Uh, and it's very easy as you, my hair are not gray yet, but I've definitely lost some hair. Um, as you start losing some hair, you develop that wisdom to pick up those, that, those nuanced things that separate the, you know, the boys from the men. Yeah, so absolutely. Speak, right. So, and, and even within the world of startups, right. And, 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 and believe it or not, <laughs> uh, there I have a little, uh, you know, mental filter when I am talking to people. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is just not going to go anywhere. And then there's others where I'm, and I, you know, disconnect. I'm like, wow, this is this. this these people mean business, and this is and going share, to share a little bit more. And yeah, and, and I was gonna say this is also important <laughs> concept. I want I want my listeners because I talk about this all the time. I want to want them to hear it from you. But I always tell listeners, like, you have to be empathetic, put yourself in the position of the physician, because if they're going to go and use political capital to to push for technology, they need to be right. Otherwise, they've they've lost face with their with their department, their hospital. Tell us more about how you how you determine that with a company and why is that so important? 
All right, but a quick commercial break, and I wanted to share something that isn't going to resonate with most people, but if you are a med rep who's sick and tired of dealing with the way things are, you where you're left without access, you can't sell to doctors, it's harder. Maybe you're a sales leader and you're, and you're frustrated, right, with the fact that your team is struggling to grow pipeline, or maybe you're a med tech startup CEO or founder who's trying to attract investors and actually get commercial traction so you can raise some money. In any case... I want you to listen closely. During the pandemic, I found myself in a very similar position. So I was working with a really cutting edge medtech startup and we were selling a high-end piece of capital equipment. We had a partnership with the world's largest privately held medtech company who was our distrib distribution partner. That ended, right? And we were left with a tiny sales team of four people. Plus, as you can tell from the date, um, uh, Hospitals went on complete lockdown, and to make matters even worse, we were running out of money, literally, right? So it seemed like a death sentence for our company, but the CEO at the time uh, was a really visionary one, and he had faith in me and allowed me to test this extremely revolutionary digital medical sales strategy, okay? What was the outcome? In just 60 days, I managed to add a staggering 35 deals to pipeline, deals like Johns Hopkins, UCSF, HCA facilities, right? All while handling our marketing efforts, right? This led to a beautiful slide that showed a fully packed pipeline, helped us raise $15 million uh, during that, that raise. And then two years later, because of a couple of the physicians who I, I was able to engage during that process, they led a study that gave us FDA breakthrough designation two years later. So this strategy not only packed pipeline at scale, but also helped attract investors, develop the slide that helped us raise money, and a few years later, give us that ability to leverage into an FDA breakthrough designation. So what was my secret weapon? Well, what I leveraged was network effects on social media, specifically places like LinkedIn, but also using email and video, right? And other platforms that physicians often use that captures their attention, persuades them, and then essentially get them into a virtual demo and propel them through a sales funnel. Now I created an exclusive program called the Medical Sales Network Effects Program to share this strategy with you and connect you with other innovators. The Medical Sales Network Effects Program is online content and training plus a private network, plus ongoing live calls to keep you at the very edge of innovation and strategy, whether you're a MedTech CEO and founder or even a sales rep, right? As an example, two weeks ago, we covered how to use ChatGPT in medical sales messaging through email. Maybe 1% of the world is using ChatGPT and 0.01% of that is salespeople and those salespeople are in my program. Imagine what unlocking those kinds of insights and strategies could do for you, your team, your company. And don't miss out on this opportunity to transform your career and take your company to a new height. So if you're interested to learn more, check the show notes below and watch the webinar that I recorded on this topic so that you can understand the full strategy and see if you qualify. Or go to my website, katibandco.com. That's K-H-A-T-E-E-B as in boy, A-N-D-C-O dot com. And then learn more there. Now, let's get back to the episode. Is political capital to, to push for technology? They need to be right. Otherwise, they've, they've lost face. With their with their department, their hospital, 
tell us more about how you how you determine that with a company and why is that so important? Yes, that's an important question. So I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. Um, I, I guess in my world, and everyone has their own little you know, mental algorithm as they're as they're thinking through this. Um, I understand, and everyone does that, that startups don't have you know millions of dollars to to shell out for you know large randomized trials, right? I, I am actually very very empathetic uh, to to that, but what what separates people with a vision or or not is um, is the is being honest to themselves and honest to the person they're talking about. In this case, if you're talking to a clinician scientist like me, be honest about the science and say, here is our device. This is what we've done so far. Here are the deficiencies with, with evidence because believe me, no startup comes out of the box and says, oh, I have the perfect device with with minimal deficiencies, no, that, that's not how, if, if that was the case, then we would not need these partnerships, right? So be, be honest and say, this is where we are. These are our deficient areas with science. And here is where we see potential collaboration in building science together. Watch my words mm -hmm. here. I said, building science together, not imposing your science on me, we're building science together. Everyone wants to build together. If you have come to me, let's build together and let's try and work so we can specifically tailor research to help your device overcome those 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 you know black holes so so to speak, those those areas of deficient evidence, right? And that's the kind of wording I like to hear because that tells me that, you know, this device company is really interested in taking their device from, from like a little, you know, whatever baby device to, to something that will be a major player in the market. Right. And I always tell people, in fact, I've written an editorial about this, that there's sort of three stages to, to device development. One is validation of data, which means that is your device nearly as good as the gold standard? The second thing is interventional outcome trials. And the third thing is implementation science. So taking your device to the market and making sure that the end user understands and uses the device as it was supposed to be used. If, if you guys are not you guys, but if anyone who's talking to me understands the value in that stepwise approach, then we're, we're talking and I, and I'm not one to ever say, oh, we need to do a 20,000 patient randomized control trial right away. That'll, you know, you'll need $15 million from, from an investor and, and then come back to me. I actually always say, where can we start? Let's build some pilot data. Let's get you to the next step. And then we'll advance this further. That's my modus operandi, obviously everyone uh, has a slightly different way of doing it, but you asked me, so I was just no, being very honest about it. Do you remember um, the, the, cause this, this, I actually did, I wish I recorded, but I didn't. The first time we met, I don't remember if it was just you and I, or you and I, and, and, and uh, one of our engineers, but do you remember the first meeting? Like what, what was specifically said to you and how did it make you feel that made you say, yeah, you know what, I'm willing to move to the next step to learn more and, and, and explore what this is like. Can you share more, more of that? So you and I had a first uh, meeting that was, um, you know, uh, you, you told me a little bit about the device and, and, and then we, we 
and I said, well, this makes perfect sense. Let's just come back with your technical team and, and uh, your, the rest yes. of your team. And then we got on a, on a Zoom where we had your, the other members of your team, including um, your um, other consultants and, and yes. KOLs. And, and again, while I'm being candid, I think that, by the way, makes a difference as well. So um, at that time, uh, you know, in your, your KOL came from some very reputed institutions and had done some amazing work with some initial data. And, and, and he showed me that data during that call. And that, for me, really checked off several checkboxes in my head, saying there's not only a device, there is a there's someone who knows the science who's already working with them at a very reputable institution and has this data. In fact, I remember that at the end of that call, I had already come back with 10 ideas on what we could now, do. With this yeah, device. and it's coming back to me as well. And so, again, sh showing how the sausage is made. So, the first call we did, so again, the mistake that a company does is it's like too fast, too soon. And, you know, to be honest with you, the analogy I use, this is just like dating. Like when I met, you know, when I met my wife, the first date we went on wasn't this like very extravagant, you know, dinner, I don't know, all these things. That happened rather quickly too because I, I fell in love with my wife. But, but the first call Dr. Khan and I had, I didn't invite my entire team. I didn't invite Kayla because what's really awkward, and I've seen salespeople do this, is that they get a doctor who is, you know, like Dr. Khan, sits very high in a, in a in a university it's like oh this person's interested let me bring out all the big guns and the big players so you get like your product manager your head of product a kol you get on and when you talk to the doctor and the doctor you 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 schedule a meeting with is like yeah not for me you've now not only um wasted your time you've it's publicly it's pretty embarrassing the second thing is you've wasted a lot of money and a lot of people are like oh but it's a zoom call well think about the money it took to coordinate and have the head of product, maybe your CEO, maybe this other kale, all to carve out the schedules, which by the way, there's coordination with all this. So you're spending time and money trying to coordinate the schedules to get on a call to essentially just come to the conclusion this is, this is not the right person. So what I do with Dr. Khan and what I do with every other doctor, even in my current program, now I'm selling to medical device companies, I think you and I, we scheduled, it wasn't an hour call. I think it was a 15 minute Zoom call, right? So that way it's easier to say yes. We get on, and I, I believe I walked you through, um, it, it was, uh, and now it's, it's coming back actually now. It was like uh, maybe an eight or 10, I think it was, did I walk you through a slide deck or did I just talk to you? Do you remember? You mostly, mostly just yeah. talked to me. Yeah, great, so, yeah, way. you're right, because again, it was, what's the what's this lowest barrier of entry? So when we got on the call, I had a script, and I think it was maybe two or three minutes where I walked through the, pro again, not the company, I started with, here's the problem we're solving, acute in kidney injury and interabdominal pressure. This is a big interest for Dr. Khanna, how we're solving it, what we're doing. And, you know, I try to, all right, so like I'm real, I've never told a doctor this actually, so this is kind of exciting. I, I focused on the problem and pain we're solving today, which is something that would, if it was interesting to you, it would get your attention, right? talked about the vehicle that we're using to solve that problem. So in this case, continuous monitoring, you know, uh, and, and using predictive health, right? But then I used the future, which once you talk about the future, the imagination is stimulated. And that's where 
a lot of interest because I could say, oh, you can do this, you can do that. Versus if you try and use an imagination of the future, the end user is able to start thinking about what's interesting to them, which is probably why on the second call, you came back with all these ideas. I didn't try and guess what those things would be. And so by doing that, right, I was able to quickly assess and say, yeah, you know what, based on what I'm hearing from him, I can hear the interest in his voice. There's some excitement, right? And, I, and then I could say, yeah, if I have a call with Dr. Khanna for an hour with other people who are really important, it's going to be a very, very good use of our time. And even if it, for whatever reason, it wouldn't work out, at the very least, I could tell that this gentleman is interested in what we do and is excited by it. He could, at the very least, give us some really valuable feedback at the bare minimum, right? That's the way to do it. Am I, am I, would, would you agree with, with that approach? Absolutely. And, 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 the, and the key point was, Omar, that not once did you say, oh, can we um, come to Wake Forest <laughs> and would you just trial some of our devices? That, by the way, and again, there, there's the right person. If you're talking to someone in procurement and, and, and you know, device procurement, I, I think that's obviously the right approach. But the, my message is tailor to your audience. So know who you are talking to. And right, like you said, just because you know Ashish Khan and the Department of Anesthesia at Wake Forest doesn't mean that it's you a know, shortcut. The, the device is automatically exactly. sold at Wake Forest. Exactly. In fact, you know, I actually tell tell all device companies that there's a big firewall between me and the people who are going to ultimately buy the device from you, and rightfully so, because if I'm going to get research grants from you and funding to do trials. And if I also try and make the institution, make the institution buy the device, that is a huge conflict of interest right there, right? Outside of everything else. So yes, I will be your, you know, I'll be your, I'll be your trump card, so to speak. If you do the trial with me and you go out in the world and you take that paper and it has my name as first author, hopefully, you know, my name, and the quality of the research will help you, not just at Wake Forest, but everywhere else in the country and the world. That is my support for you. Not that, you know, I'm the person who does the research and I'm the person who signs the, the check and gives you and buys the equipment from you. That, again, is, is a misconception. And people sometimes get messed up in that those relationships and those relationships are pulls apart and, and rightfully yeah, abso so. Absolutely correct, absolutely. Yeah, and the last thing I would mention for founders and salespeople, if you have this process uh, where you're very disciplined, but you're also very thoughtful about the engagement that you're about to have. And again, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I have to remind people this, but I'm going to say this. You're not selling a, a set of knives to some random person in the street. You're, you're dealing with a, a physician who's gone through multiple years of heavy graduate level education. Like it's a very sophisticated person. So you're not going to get them excited and they're going to run to their hospital and say, I need you to buy this technology. And like, it does not happen. There was a time many decades ago where that would happen, but we live in a much different world now. you can't do that anymore. So even, you know, whether the first call that I spoke to you on where I was just trying to gauge like, is this, am I right in my hypothesis? Again, scientific approach. I had an hypothesis about you. I tested it. I was, I was correct. And I said, okay, it makes sense to move to the next step. Whether on the first call when I talk to you or the second call, let's say we come to the conclusion where I'm like, either this is not the right person or they, for whatever reason, they have a conflict. They're not going to work with us. 
at the very least, since I developed the relationship the right way, the next thing, so that it's just not a lost cause, and I had this in my um, my little uh, business algorithm, is I would have just said, hey, Dr. Khanna, totally understand this is not like maybe the right fit for you, but if you don't mind helping me, is there another uh, physician that you went to training with or maybe in your in your peer group that you feel like they would really like this device? You know, you don't have to make the introduction. So that's a tip. I always say you don't have to make the introduction. So it gets them off the hook. But usually as a result of doing that, most people say, oh, let me make the introduction. Like, who would it be? So that way, now you're thinking at a much larger level. Yeah. And I think the physician would respect you a lot for that because it's like, oh, I just told this person that for whatever reason, I'm not interested in everything. And they're not putting the pressure on to make me change. Yes, and uh, I do want to spend a minute talking about this last Please. very important point Please. for all device device companies is understanding who does what and where that device fits in in terms of an, an area of clinical interest and development of science. A lot of times I've seen sort of device companies sort of barking up the wrong tree, right? So you, you know, you, you, you have a device that, that is very closely tied to hemodynamics, pressure and flow. You should be reaching out to a peer group of clinician scientists who work in the area of blood pressure, blood flow, uh, intra-abdominal pressure, fluids, and so on. So these would be um, anesthesiologists, critical care physicians, cardiac anesthesiologists, uh, and possibly cardiac surgeons as well, right? I'm just talking about this particular example, right? If you go off the wrong way, um, you, you're going to waste a lot of your time talking to people who might say, oh, you know, great, this is interesting. But you know what? I don't really work in this area. It doesn't really mean that much mm -hmm. to me. Whereas if you talk to a critical care doctor or an anesthesiologist or a perioperative physician about blood pressure and flow, most of us are jumping off our seats to talk about that, right? Because the world we live in, day in and day out, right? And sometimes it's difficult for device companies to understand that because a device doesn't have it written on it like, oh, these are the people who are going to be interested in this device, right? A device goes by organ system. A device doesn't really go by um, the understanding of who works in that area. And that's where what you just said, even if it doesn't work for me, if you've established a good relationship with me, I'll be like, okay, listen, I know six other people who are working in this area who will be happy to talk to you. And those connections are mission critical because every device company needs to establish a inner circle of, of sort of confidants of, of, of experts of who will support them, who will work with them, and who will work for mutual benefit. It's very e important to identify that early on in the piece because then if you don't, then you're taking several wrong steps and you'll have to backtrack and start 100%. And just, again, I know you have a flight to check catch, so we really appreciate you coming on the show. But just to kind of reiterate, like, you know, the biggest thing about this is, and again, I'll, I'll quote my, my late and great mentor, Chris Sells, who passed away a couple years ago. You got to be the student of the game. You know, you have to spend time to really not just study the people that you're trying to help. Notice I said help, not sell to, right? Selling does happen. It's a byproduct of really understanding a problem and helping. But look, you live in a day and age where all this information is at your fingertips. I had, I didn't talk to anybody even. I was able to look up every publication Dr. Khanna had. I was able to look him up on LinkedIn and Twitter, see the things he was actually liking, see the language he was using. So that way, in the process, I can assess, is this the right person for me to talk to? 
And if I do talk to him, at the very least, make it a pleasant and enjoyable experience for him. You know, so that being said, Dr. Kana, I know for a fact this episode is going to get listened to a lot and people are going to want to have you back on to dive deeper in it. So I hope we can have you back on, but we're definitely doing that, that webinar. I want to hear how you essentially in the last few years turned Wake Forest into the research powerhouse it's become. So I hope you can, you know, come back on and share that. Okay. Omar Khatib, let me tell you that I do some podcasting on the side as well. And uh, I think I, I'm going to need some I'm gonna help you out. from you and how to develop a podcast. Let me be your manager, man. I'll make you a star. <laughs> All right. Let's talk after we. Absolutely. absolutely. Stay on for a second and we'll, we'll chat. Hey, you know, thanks for listening, uh, everybody. Again, if you're a clinician, click the link below. Claim that CME credit, the AMA PRA, AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Thanks to our partners at CMFI. It takes 30 seconds, write a few sentences, and you get it for free. I'm your host and head of state, Omar M. Khatib, and this is the State of MedTech. We'll see you next time. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of the State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show, or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care. And we'll see you next time.